Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. I am the founder of the Busy Mom Podcast and the owner of the Busy Mom Blog, and you have found me at my little corner of the internet. Thanks for listening today. Today is Wednesday, and I am celebrating my first Wednesday home, really home. So that means I'm done, you know, kind of packing up four months worth of laundry and getting all of our stuff unpacked, and I've taken my kids to the dentist and Happily, the dentist said that their teeth don't look too worse for wear, (laughs) that's good. And uh, I have one more event that I'm going to be speaking at this summer. So those of you who are down in Houston, in a couple of weeks, I will be at the Woodlands, uh, and that will be my very last appearance for this season. I'm not driving down there, though. Happily, I'll be flying down there with my husband, and then I'm speaking at a friend of my uh, at a friend of ours church the following Sunday. So, uh, if you're down in the Houston area and you are interested in uh, coming to a homeschool conference or coming out to hear me speak, check it out. You can Google the Woodlands, and I will link back to that today at the podcast show notes. Also, wanted to remind you that this is a listener supported podcast, and if you are blessed by what you're hearing, we would be incredibly blessed by two things. First, we'd be totally blessed by your prayers. Uh, we covet them, particularly as uh, as things are heating up in the culture. Many of you, I'm sure, are noticing rapid changes that are happening around us, but I believe that God is on the move. Someone asked me out on the road this summer, was I worried about the millennials? I am not worried about, about the millennials at all, because I think the millennials are asking good questions, and it's up to uh, us to be able to have good answers that come from the Word of God. And so we have an opportunity to actually have an impact around us, in the world around us, using the Word of God and uh, and timeless principles from His Word to encourage this generation. So if you're encouraged by what we're doing here at the podcast and through our Bible study, Firmly Planted, which is available uh, on our website, we would encourage you to support the ministry. You can do that by clicking on the link in the show notes, which will take you right to the support page. And also, if you're interested in mailing something uh, to support the nonprofit that we run, uh, our ministry is called Firmly Planted Family. That is P.O. Box 460, Battleground, Washington, 98604. All right, I want to kind of continue what I was talking about on Monday, and I realized I was a little bit, you know, I was a little bit hot under the collar on Monday because I'm just so frustrated listening to the uh, political and educated, educated, quote, elites in the world today, uh, calling those people that don't have that level of education somehow um, as less than. Uh, You don't need to go to Bible college to understand the Word of God. You don't need to be educated at a Bible school to understand what God is saying in His Word. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have access to the Holy Spirit who wants to talk to you and He wants to give you the wisdom that you need. The Bible says that if we lack wisdom, we should ask from it, for it rather, from God who gives it to us generously. And if you don't have wisdom, the, the wisdom that goes along with knowledge, what happens? You turn into a walking encyclopedia. And a book of knowledge is useless without the wisdom to know how to apply that knowledge. And I have met some people with doctorates and they don't have the wisdom to keep their families intact. Why? Because wisdom comes from the word of God. Many of these people could write a book about raising children, but they don't have the wisdom to actually raise their own. And when a person has a lot of knowledge, they sometimes have a lot of arrogance and pride. Why is that? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 8, one, that those of us that possess knowledge end up being puffed up. And we don't want to just have knowledge. We want to have wisdom. So I'm going to take you to the book of 1 Kings today. So if you have your Bible, 
Go ahead and open it up to the book of 1 Kings chapter 3, where Solomon is asking for wisdom. Now, Solomon's getting ready to take over for his father, King David, who you guys know the story of David, right? Many of you listening to this do. David was a man, the Bible says, after his own heart. Now, some of you are going, how is that even possible? How could David be someone that God would use? David was a philanderer. He was arrogant. He had a lot of money. He was the king, right? He had tons of money. He committed adultery. Oh my goodness. And Solomon was a result of uh, David's marriage to Bathsheba. And may, many of you remember David's marriage to Bathsheba. What didn't exactly happen uh, the way we would have wanted it to, correct? Uh, David had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed by sending him to the front lines. So he didn't kill him you know, like walking up to him and killing him, but he essentially killed him by putting him on the front lines of the battlefield, which by the way is what ISIS is doing to the Kurds that they are capturing right now in the Middle East. They are putting them in uh, in Islamic State uniforms and sending them to the front lines. And this is essentially what uh, David did to Uriah. So let's just pause for a moment and think if there are any correlations between David and certain people who are running for president today. A moment of silence for a few things we see maybe in common. And what happened? God used David anyway. God took the things that David did in his life that were wrong and David suffered for them, but God used him why? Because he had an anointing. There was a no and there was an anointing on David. And now Solomon is coming to the throne, right? Solomon is going to uh, replace his father as king over Israel, and he's having, you know, he's had all kinds of trouble with his uh, younger brother Adonijah, and we talked about this uh, on the road quite a bit as I was speaking, but I want to take you just to the point where Solomon is asking for wisdom. So it says the king, he's talking about Solomon again, the king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for this was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings at that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want. Uh, me to give you. And Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, David. Boy, that was true. Because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. Let's just stop for a second. He said, so Solomon is saying, thank you for being kind to my David, to my father, David, because he was faithful and righteous and upright in heart. He didn't say he didn't make mistakes. He didn't say, thank you for being kind to my father David since he did everything right. He recognized that God was looking at the heart, something that we as human beings cannot see. He goes on to say, you've continued your great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, O Lord God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. I'm going to stop there. This is verse 7. Notice how Solomon is coming before the Lord and he's saying, you're putting me in this incredible position of authority, but I'm just a little child. I don't know how to do it. I love the humility that Solomon is offering before the Lord. He's coming before the Lord who knows him and he's saying in the private place of his heart, he's recognizing I'm in trouble. Unless you show up and help me, I'm not going to be able to do it. He goes on to say in verse 8, your servant is here among the people that you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Verse 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for this. So God said to him, since you've asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, I love that, but for 
discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. I want to ask you, uh, those of you who are just sitting there going, and I've thought of it that way before, have you ever heard of a man since the time of Solomon as wise as Solomon? No. Why is that? Because God said there never would be anyone as wise as Solomon. He made a promise in his word. He said, there will never be anyone as wise as Solomon. And people scratch their heads even today in 2016. And they go, man, you know, there's never there's never anybody as wise as Solomon. And guess what, you guys? There never will be because God said there never would be. And God's promises are true. You can take them to the bank. You can count on them. And we need what Solomon asked for in this generation right now. We need it in our presidential election. We need to be praying for the two people who are running praying that God's people will stand up and make their voices heard, that that we believe that God can take the heart of a man who is willing to follow him and use him, that God can do that. Now, how hard is it to, to run around and, and be a know-it-all? It's really not that hard, right? Knowledge makes people believe that they're elevated above uh, those who are around them. And sometimes they even disdain people with not as much education. And that's what I was talking about on Monday, all the the uh, the uh, European uh, Union referendum results, all the headlines that are talking about how the millennials are getting uh, you know, they're, they're going to go to their death because the older generations have voted against their future. And all of these headlines that are knocking uh, older people simply by virtue of the fact that they're older, instead of going, I wonder, I just wonder if maybe they know something that we don't know. I thought it was interesting. I'm going to read to you a little bit uh, about uh, continuing on what NBC News said the other day. He said, uh, and he said, according to data that was gathered by a British pollster on election day, a staggering 75% of people between the ages of 18 and 24 voted to remain in the European Union. But this youthful block was outweighed by an even stronger force. What pushed the country toward Brexit, according, according to pollsters, was a remarkably high turnout among white working class older people, most of who voted to leave. The young... Uh, have lost the referendum and the old have won, according to Ben Page, chief executive for a British polling company. 61% of people over the age of 65 voted to leave, according to u.gov's data. There is no official government breakdown of how people voted by age, but the statistics come from polling and it, uh, and it correctly shows that the millennials, there is a huge shift in uh, the generations between the older people and the younger people. And they went on to say, while the percentages may shift by a point or two, pollsters agree that the trend is undeniable. This generation disconnect led some remain supporters on Twitter to suggest that older vo voters had saddled a younger generation with the EU free life that they did not choose. Now, you can take this argument and we can go, you know, all over the map with it. Uh, we're having this, we, we talk about this all the time in the abortion argument, right? We're choosing, when we choose to take the life of another human being, we're basically saying that that life doesn't matter. And the person who was there before them, which is the person who conceived that child, is choosing to end the life of that child. And here we've got the same people who don't like that uh, saying, well, that's not fair. They're voting for us and they shouldn't be able to do that. Can you see uh, the, the duplicity of the argument? It doesn't make any sense at all. Why? Because it's full of knowledge and it lacks wisdom. And the Bible says that we should be seeking wisdom. We should be seeking wisdom 
over seeking knowledge. It's so important for us to get beyond the false narrative of education and get back to what God says is important. And God has a lot to say in his word about wisdom. God says that we should seek wisdom, that that's what we should want more than anything else. And wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. Information without transformation leads to frustration. Hmm? You should write that down. Information without transformation leads to frustration. And that's what we're seeing happening across the European Union right now. We're seeing information without tra- without transformation. That's what we're seeing in the United States right now. We are being, uh, I have gotten to the point where uh, I have stopped just um, just listening to the pundits. And I've actually started speaking up and saying, actually, no, this is what the Bible says. And actually, no, this is what uh, history tells us. Those who fail to learn history are destined to repeat it, right? And so we're heading that way as a nation right now. And when Solomon succeeded King David, he wisely asked for wisdom and knowledge to, uh, to go out and come in before this people. He asked for God to come in and give him wisdom before he went out to try to rule the people because he knew that if he only ruled with the knowledge he had, he would not be a, he would not be successful in the role that God had given him. So he asked God for wisdom, and the Bible says that God granted it to him. Because Solomon valued wisdom and knowledge above riches, God blessed him with the greatest wealth of any king, as he was able to see that wisdom had to come before knowledge, because knowledge without wisdom leads to pride and arrogance. Do you see that in the culture today? Knowledge without wisdom leads to pride and arrogance. As God's people, we need to come before the Lord and say, Father, fill us with wisdom. Fill us with boldness. Help us to speak the truth according to your word. I want to encourage you, men and women who are listening to this today, be bold. Don't be afraid to say, man, you know what? I don't know. I'm going to go to the Bible. I'm going to get on my face before the Lord, and I'm going to seek the Lord, and he's going to give me the answers. Ask the Lord. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That comes out of Proverbs 9, verse 10. So wisdom and knowledge go together. And when it is in regards to God, then you've got true understanding. Then you got true understanding. So you can start with knowledge but it's not enough. You've got to be able to learn how to apply that knowledge. And that's what equals wisdom. Once you learn, once you get knowledge and you learn to apply it according to God's word, then you've got wisdom. You put those two things together and you get understanding. And boy, do we need understanding in the culture today. We need understanding. We need to understand what's happening around us. We need wisdom to understand what's happening. Uh, We've got two competing ideologies absolutely polar opposite ideologies competing in the United States right now. So much of what we're seeing is coming from universities where these kids are coming out. They've been educated by liberal professors. I am shocked. I really am at the number of, of, uh, kids who I know who are doing just fine and they go off to a liberal university, they get schooled by someone who's full of worldly knowledge but does not have godly wisdom and does not have godly understanding and they come out and they talk just like them. Why? Because the Bible says in Luke 6.40 that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. Men and women, we need to be schooling ourselves in the wisdom that only comes from God. And if we're going to be successful in acquiring wisdom and knowledge, the way to do it is to get before the Lord. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me i am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and i in him he it is who bears much fruit for apart from me 
you can do nothing. John 15 verses 4 through 5. Apart from God, the Bible says we can't do anything. Let's be praying for both wisdom and knowledge because having a book on how to assemble an engine, which is knowledge, is useless unless you have the wisdom to put it together. I'll see you back here next time at the Busy Mom Podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.